Uh, I want to talk this morning about purpose. All right, I want to talk about purpose, right? And uh, I got to say this before I, I jump right into this message. And um, man, there's so much I could say. I mean, oh, golly, there's just so much I could say. But let me just say this. Uh, God's purpose for you is twofold, really. It's twofold. The first thing is Jesus said this in John 10, 10. He said, uh, I've come to give you life. Can somebody help me out? And life more abundantly. So you're a child of God. And as a child of God, he is your father and he desires that you have life and life more abundantly, right? He wants you to know him. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. Um, but also that's the, that's the first part, you know? So when we talk about money being a tool, and that really spoke to me this morning, uh, you got to know that God is for you and he wants you to have a life and a life more abundantly. But then after you receive life and life more abundantly, he wants you to give life abundantly. Can I get an amen on? that. Right. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning is we're going to talk about purpose. Before I do that, I've got to thank my wife right now. I just have to thank she is just beautiful. And I would not be here if it weren't for my wife supporting me and uh, helping me uh, raise my beautiful children. I've got three kids, a six, four and two year old. So just stretch out your hands and just pray for me right now. I'm just fine. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, uh, she's holding it down. And I believe that, uh, my, my first responsibilities to my, my marriage, um, you know, and well, ultimately to God, uh, but, but to my marriage and my family. And so I'm just so thankful. Where's the camera at? Where is the camera right there? Thanks, babe. I really appreciate that. I know you got your hands full right now and uh, you got the kids and I'm up here having great, a great time. So, th- and she's preaching, she's preaching back at the church right now. So, Thanks, babe. Love you. All right. Had to get that out of the way because I just love my wife. But um, we're going to talk about purpose. Are y'all ready for this? Man, let's do this. Okay. All right. Ephesians 4, 1. It says this. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul talking, implore you, beg you. That's what that word means. Beg you, plead with you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Let me read that last part again. I implore you to walk in a manner worthy. Everybody say worthy. Of the calling with which you have been called. Let me give you an example. Uh, because this it will help us understand the scripture. Uh, how many of y'all are sports fans? Played sports or know of sports? Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Sports. Okay. Thank God. Because I didn't have a plan B. Alright. So that's a lot of you. Alright. So I want you to uh, uh, just imagine a basketball game, and it's the fourth quarter, five seconds left. we got to score, and they call, let's just say they call you in, right? And they say, okay, here's the play. We're going to inbound the ball, and when we inbound the ball, we're going to just throw it to you, right? And you're going to catch it on the other side, and, uh, and then you're going to score. You're going to win the game. And so that's what they do. They inbound the ball, and they pass it to you, and when you get the ball... You know this. You know how to catch. You, you, you see the ball coming. You catch it. And you say, I know this. I know exactly what you're doing. So you go to the hoop. And you're not dribbling. And you run out of bounds. And you spike that basketball. And you go, touchdown, baby. Let's go. Let me ask you a question. Is the crowd applauding you? <laughs> Come on now. Is your coach just saying, mm, that, that would have scored in that other sport? Come on now. No, why, why, why? Because you're playing the wrong sport, dude. Wrong sport. You didn't score. We lost the game. 
So when Paul says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, the only way that you can walk worthy is if you know what you've been called to do. I got to say that again. The only way that you can know how to walk worthy is if you know what you're called to do. Let me read this down. I wrote this. Living a life that is appropriate of your call starts with knowing what you are called to do. It starts with knowing your purpose. Let me talk a little bit about purpose before we go into the meat of what I want to share with you this morning. Purpose. I looked up the definition. It's funny because there's like four key words that jumped out to me. Purpose is your motive. Purpose is your motive. We got to define purpose before we start doing a whole message on purpose, right? Come on. Purpose is your motive. Why do you wake up in the morning? I remember actually one time I was uh, at a job and, and, and we had to get up super early and, and, uh, I always had a goal every new year's, you know, Eve, I was like, I'm going to wake up at six in the morning. I'm going to do it. And it never happened. Right. And all of a sudden my boss was like, Hey, you, we need you here at six in the morning. And you know, what's crazy about it is, is I don't think it was miraculous. I don't think it was a supernatural, a grace of God. All of a sudden when my boss said I had to wake up at 6am, guess what happened? I was up and I was at work at six. I was there at five 30. I realized really quickly what my real motive in life was because God had told me, God put on my heart to wake up and pray and it never happened. But when my boss said, wake up and get paid. Now I was the Christian that was like, Oh, I love the Lord. I'm the love of money. <laughs> no, not here. But why am I waking up for it? What's your motive, right? The advantage, what keeps you from distraction? That was a real interesting definition for purpose, advantage. What keeps you from distraction? In a time where anytime you open up your phone or look at the news or go on social media, what keeps you focused from all the garbage? What, what keeps you on track? From uh, what, what is it? What is that purpose? Another word I liked was function. What is my position on God's team? This is all the definition of purpose, right? We're just talking about the definition of purpose in your life. What's my role on God's team? Where am I? Have you ever been on a team where everybody wanted to be team captain? Right? Or have you ever been on a team where like nobody would step up? Come on, right? What's my role? We got to have purpose. Another definition for it. I like this determination. Why do I push through the highs and the lows of life? And I said that on purpose. Why do I push through the highs and the lows of life? Maybe you're thinking, you know, Terrence, why would you have to push through the highs of life? Because I've heard John Maxwell say this, your greatest enemy to your victories are yesterday's victories. Because sometimes you camp out there and you say, we did it. Look at the good old days. Look what we've done. But let me tell you something. God isn't in what you've done. He is where you're at now. And he wants you to go from glory, come on, to glory. Nothing wrong with remembering a past victory to encourage yourself to push forward. Come on, amen. Come on, you can talk to me now. I'm, I'm, I grew up in, 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 well, I, you know, it's funny. I went to black church growing up, but it was like a two, three hour long service, right? Just so y'all know, I'm a, I'm, I'm multiracial, right? So I, I grew up on the black side of my family and, and we just went to black church, man. And I'm telling you, they, 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 they shouted at me. So y'all, y'all can shout at me. That's fine. 
And listen, if somebody plays organ, I welcome you. No, I'm just kidding right now. I can get down with some organ. I'm just saying. Why do I push through the highs and the lows of life? Everybody say purpose. At the end of August, I'm about to bike 100 miles. The end of August, I'm doing a 100-mile race. You go, wow, he's a biker. I'm not. <laughs> I'm actually not. I uh, was talking to some guys about a month ago, and uh, they were like, we're going to do this, and it's for uh, Indian sex trafficking. And I was like, you know, that sounds like a great cause. I'm going to do that, too. And they were like, we're biking 100 miles. And I was like, yeah. But you know what's crazy about that is every morning that we have scheduled to train, and they, they train at 5, which means you're up at 4.30, okay? Every morning, I haven't missed a training session. You know why? Because I know that I'm either going to pay the price today or in front of everybody at the end of August. And I choose today. I got to just confess my sin. I'm just letting y'all know right now. This trip, I've been eating good. So I'm a little set back in my training. But listen, when I get back, right? What's my determination, right? Let's get back on this. Come on. <laughs> What's my determination? Why do I, what, what causes me to wake up? Because I know I have a purpose. At the end of August, I'm, I'm going to give an account to how I prepared for that race. I'm going to give an account. I'm not going to stand there and say, I practiced and they give me a round of, no, I'm going to have to do it. I used to be a kickboxer, and I always used to say this. I, I, I kickboxed for two years, went semi-pro, and it, it, it hit me that the match was never determined in the ring. It was what you did before. The match was just a manifestation of your discipline yesterday. It was just a result of what we had been doing in skill, but we're not going to get into that. Come on, are you with me? Everybody say purpose. So let's look at the life of Samson because we have to have purpose. A lot of times when I've heard Samson preached, and it's accurate, I would hear, you know, Samson, you know, beware of your Delilahs, right? Beware of, of, of just flirting with sin, right? And I believe there's a message in that. But I, one day I was reading the life of Samson and something jumped out at me that I had never seen before that explained why Samson was going nuts, Okay, why he was just living a crazy life. And I would almost title the life of Samson uh, from Judges 13 through, I think, 16. I would almost title that unlimited potential, unclear purpose. Unlimited potential, unclear purpose. Let me just summarize the life of Samson real quick for you. Um, Sam, Samson's life. How many of y'all know Samson, right? Strong. Right, anointed of the Lord, he's just really strong, did crazy things, you know. Um uh his life is tragic. It's 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 a sad life. I'll just summarize his life for you. Samson, he kind of starts his life wandering around, just wandering. He sees a, a girl, not supposed to marry the girl, he's like, Dad, I want to marry the girl. He's like, All right, I'll go get the girl. Right? Then he has a big feast. Because he's like, I'm going to marry the girl. It's going to be great. And he gives a random riddle. He's like, hey, I have a riddle. And if you can't solve my riddle, I want all your clothes. Which is the most random thing to ask for. Side note. <laughs> and he says, I want your clothes. 
and they can't solve the riddle. But then his fiance tells him and, and then he gets all mad. And so then he kills people. And then his wife, you know, is given to his best friend. I mean, this is his life. Y'all put yourself in Samson's shoes. Could you imagine that? You're like feasting and all of a sudden you just wig out and kill everybody. And they're like, all right, take his fiance, give it to his best friend. And that's not the end. And then all of a sudden he's wandering again. He, and they, uh, he finally, it, it says, it says he, these guys wait for him. And they're like, hey, we're going to kill Samson. We're going to wait here and kill Samson. We're going to hide behind the gate. And then it says in the Bible, read it yourself, I promise you. It says that Samson woke up early, lifted up the gate that they were hiding behind. Oh, you got to imagine this now. You got to imagine being like, we got him. We got him. We got him. We're just, and also, he's like, mm-hmm. And then he just, it says he climbs a mountain. Church, you got to read it yourself. I promise you it's there. He climbs a mountain and puts the gate on the mountain and walks away. Next chapter. I'm like, what is that there for? Like, he's like, yeah, y'all want to hide now? Want to hide now? And he finds some foxes. Next chapter. Catches 300 foxes. Ties some torches to them. Lights everything on fire. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I kid you not. I promise you. Actually, I found this scripture because I thought it was funny. Judges 15, 11. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock. And they said to Samson. Now, here's why they went to Samson. The Philistines that Samson was constantly picking on, right? And just killing them randomly. And they couldn't beat him. He was so strong. They ruled over Judah. They ruled over Israel at this time. Are you all with me? And they go up to him and they said, 3,000 men went to Judah or to the cleft of the rock where Samson was. And so they say, the, the people of Israel, do you not know that the Philistines are rulers over us? What then is this that you have done to us? Because he literally just burned down everything, right? His wife got killed in the process. It's tragic. I'm telling you, it's tragic. But listen to his response. He goes, as they did to me, I did to them. End of chapter. Do y'all find this funny? Am I the only one that he literally was like, well, they did it to me. And that was an appropriate response. Like, I'm like, Samson, look at your child, bro. What are you doing? This is the life of Samson. And then we've got Delilah. And it, it doesn't even say like, oh, and then he was introduced with Delilah and he prayed. And he, no, it just starts. And then Samson fell in love with Delilah. And I don't know about y'all, but that is the craziest story that she's like, tell me the secret of your strength. And he's like, if you bind me with seven cords, I'll lose my strength. He goes to sleep, wakes up. Seven cords. And people are there to kill him. And he's like, what are y'all? And he kills them all. You think he'd have been like, oh, I think she's trying to kill me. Come on. This happened three times. The last time was the funniest. Because he was like, if you braid my hair. and He just got really creative. Is this just random to y'all? Do you, you see how random this life is? He says, if you braid my hair in a spider's web, then I'll lose my strength. And they, and she braids his hair. Uh, he's sleeping and he wakes up and his, his hair's all braided in this, in this spider web. And he's like, wow. And he still doesn't get it. <laughs> come on. And they come in and, and eventually now here's the craziest part of it all. Not only did he stay with this girl that tried to kill him three times. The fourth time she goes, you don't really love me. You've been lying. And he's like, I'm sorry, but what? I've been married for 10 years. I'm just saying, I know how to win one of those arguments. He had a lot of ammunition. Oh, I've been lying. I've been lying. You tried to kill me. 
you see this spider web in my head? Come on. I made that up. Come on. He could have won that one. Come on, fellas. Can I get an amen? Amen. Not promoting, arguing, or strife. Unity's in the home in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> but he, he had evidence. He had proof. The fourth time, she goes, you don't love me. Tell me your secret. He's like, oh, fine. I'll tell you. If you cut my hair, I'll lose my strength. And that was actually it. Duh, Samson. And what happens is he loses his strength. I'm summarizing. This is like literally four chapters I'm summarizing for you, right? He loses his strength. They come to him. They pluck out his eyes. I'm sorry. This is pretty intense. And he literally is tortured by the Philistines and happens to get his strength back at the very end of his life and happens, just happens to deliver Israel from the Philistines. Are we good with the summary of Samson? Guys, would you agree with me that that's the most random life story maybe that you've ever heard, right? Unless somebody has an uncle that they want to come up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, I'll tell you about, no, no, no. This, I promise you it's not crazier than Samson, right? Come on, church, right? Now, see, I want to know this. This is how my brain works. And this is how I was asking the Lord, why? Why is his life so random? Everything in the Bible is there for a reason. Why did I need to know about those 300 foxes that had their tails with torches and, and then the end? Why? Let me show you something in, in Judges 13.3. We're going to read through this. Stay with me. It's going to be a long, uh, but we, we got we to read this, right? It says this at the beginning of Samson's life. It says, then the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, behold, now you are barren. So an angel comes to a woman and says, behold, now you are barren and you have borne no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Now, therefore... Be careful. Now, this is really important, church. Listen to this. Be careful not to drink wine or strong drink, nor eat anything unclean. She, the, the angel's telling the woman how, how the kid is supposed to live. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the boy shall be a Nazarite to God. It just simply means he shall be devoted to the purpose of God from the womb and... Listen to this. It's very important. And, ever say and. He shall begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Now, the first part of this message from the angel is this is what he is going to do. This is, let's just bring it back home. This is how you walk worthy. These are the action steps. Here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. The last part of this is the why. Here is the why. Here is why you're going to live like this. Here is why you're going to be so serious about his lifestyle. Here, here it is. Why? Because he's going to deliver Israel from the hands of the who? The Philistines. Here's the purpose. So the angel gives this woman this word in verse six. Then the woman came and told her husband and saying, a man of God came to me. And his appearance was like the appearance of, a, of the angel of God. Very awesome. Which I think is really funny that she's just like, very awesome. It's like, oh, what? No. Okay. I think it's funny. <laughs> and I did not ask him where he came from, nor did he tell me his name. But he said to me, behold, you shall conceive. It's the whole thing again. But read, watch closely. Watch closely. The angel said, behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son. And now you shall not drink any wine or any strong drink or anything unclean. Does this sound familiar, church? For the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Verse 8. Did she miss something? 
All right. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh Lord, please let the man of God whom you have sent come to us again, that he may teach us what to do for the boy who is going to be born. Why did he say that church? Because she lost, she left out a very significant part of that message. She left out the why. She said, he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And he's going to do this and he's going to do that church. When I read that, I remember I was in a devotional time and I saw that and I said, wait, wait, she forgot the rest of the message. And then I see Manoah entreat the Lord. He goes, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Why though? (laughs) Why? What was the why? He will deliver Israel from the Philistines. Let's keep reading now. Verse nine, God listened to the voice of Manoah and the angel of God came again to the woman as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, Manoah, her husband was not with her. So she ran quickly and told her husband, behold, the man who came the other day has appeared to me. So then Manoah, Samson's dad, this is all about Samson. Then Manoah arose and followed his wife. All right, church, are you with me right now? Let me just do a quick recap. Samson's mom couldn't have kids. All of a sudden, the angel says, you, you're going to have a son. And here's how he's supposed to live. That's what he's going to do. That's how he's going to live. And he's supposed to deliver. His purpose is to deliver Israel from the Philistines. She goes and communicates that to her husband. And she leaves out the Philistine part. Why? Philistines are ruthless, violent, vile people. I don't think though, I remember a mom came to me. I was a youth pastor about six years ago and this mom came to me and she was in tears and she said, my son just told me that God called them to be a Marine. And she was devastated because moms want to protect their little boys. They want to make sure they're safe. I think she excluded this purpose on purpose. Are you with me church? So Manoah's running out there. I'm going to see the angel. I've got questions. And so they ran quickly. And, 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 and so verse 11, then Manoah arose and followed his wife. And when he came to the man, he said, are you the man who spoke to the woman? And he said, the angel said, I am. Which maybe is an indicator here. And verse 12, Manoah said, now when your words come to pass, what shall be the boy's mode of life in his vocation? You know what he asked church? What's his purpose? We know he's supposed to live this way. We know he's supposed to do this. We know he's supposed to do that. Why, Lord? Why is he supposed to live like that? I got to just get on a little side note here. Church, you know, there are so many Christians that I've met throughout my years. And maybe there's some sitting here where when they go to church, they hear about prayer. And they hear about worship. And they hear about fasting. They hear about giving. And it's good things. It's biblical things. But they sit there and they don't know why. They don't know how significant they are to the kingdom of God. Oh, come on, somebody. They hear these things that go, it's, oh, I'll just put it on the list of things to do, you know. I'll just put it out there. But they don't know how they're connected to it in an eternal way. They don't know how they're connected to it. Oh, come on, church. Man, let's go. So he said, what is my boy's purpose In verse 13, so the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, let the woman pay attention to all that I said. You know, the next verse is, and then Samson was born. Samson grew up. 
I really wish I could tell you, she said, you know what? I, I kept this from you. It was really bothering me. But he's supposed to go to war with the people that have been oppressing us for years. And that scares me because I've been believing God for this. I've got to step out of my fears and I got to, I got to step out of my comfort zone and I got to do something I've never done before. And I was afraid the first time, but I'm not, I wish I could tell you that she did that, but she didn't. And you never hear this message from God to Samson ever again. It always confused me even why Samson, it almost seemed like he was just an idiot. Come on, I was like, man, what, what is he? Is he just that dense that he doesn't see it? But all of a sudden, when I read that, the Lord showed to me, Samson wasn't an idiot. Samson was very unclear on his purpose. He never heard his destiny. Church, let me tell you something. Thank God we don't have to depend on just someone to hear from God for us to know our purpose. Yes, it's a part of it. It's a gift. Come on. People will speak into your life from the Lord. Your pastors will speak into your life and there will be insight given to you. How do I know? I'm telling you, I got saved, right? I was, I was in the youth ministry there. And I remember when with Pastor David, we were in his living room and I was, I was just living crazy. And I remember when he said, Terrence, I need you to step up and serve God. I need your help with worship. And I knew in my heart that I was called. God spoke that purpose to me. And when he challenged me on that, I knew, I knew that I had to drop everything and serve God. Come on church. I knew it. And it was tough. It was hard. I was so zealous for the Lord. I threw away like all my music, all of it, like the secular and newsboys, all of it. I was like, get out of here. DC talk. You're not keeping me from God. Get out of here. Avalon testify to love. (laughs) It was zeal without knowledge, but I'll tell you, I was just passionate for God. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. What, what pleases God, you know? I made a little cross in my room. I was like, there you go, Jesus. I know you love those, right? Come on. Seriously, I was like, God, there you go. I had like nothing. <laughs> Come on. God saw it. Amen. I always wondered why, but the Lord spoke to me that morning. He said, Samson was just unclear on his purpose. You see, it was very similar to a verse. Have you guys heard this one before? It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. I'm going to read it in NLT because it's so good. Proverbs 29, 18 says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Church, I want you to know that God did not put you on this planet to work just a nine to five. Sleep, eat, work, repeat, and die. Did you hear what I just said? Church, he did not call you to just eat, sleep, work, repeat, maybe have a couple kids, and then end your life. There is a divine purpose on your life. Some of y'all are called to have a nine to five because God called you to it, and there are people there that you need to reach. It's not just about the nine to five. It's not being on stage. It's not being the contractor, being a missionary. It's about doing what God has called you to do, church. And now more than ever, God is calling his people to discover their purpose. There's more to this life than just making a living and and getting some money. Money is a tool for what? For your purpose. Could you imagine the life Samson would have lived? He, He stumbled into his purpose. His life was tragic. He could have had such a focused life. I know why I'm here. 
I know what I'm called to do. My mama told me, my daddy told me, and I'm just going to keep my eyes on the prize. Church, I believe this story is in the Bible for us so that we can know our purpose by the grace of God. You can know your purpose. If you're in here this morning and you're like, okay, Ephesians 4.1 says walk worthy. He implores us. He begs us. I believe the Holy Spirit is begging us. I implore you walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling with which you've been called. And there might be people in here and you go, I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't know what my purpose is. I've got good news for you. Jesus died so that you could be in the family of God. He died and shed his blood for you so that you could transition from the kingdom of darkness and come into the kingdom of heaven. You can be adopted as a son or daughter of God. And let me tell you something. He did not bring you in the family so that you could just wander around and go, what am I supposed to do now? Life and life more abundantly. Absolutely. Be fruitful and multiply also. (laughs) Come on, build the kingdom. Come on, win the wars in the spirit. Preach the gospel. Start that business. Come on, amen. There's a business started, I think, out of this church. And, and it, what, Lulu's? Come on. That line was all the way out there. I was like, you go, girl, right? We didn't get in line. But I was like, you go. Mm-mm. Too long for us, right? Plus, I got 100 miles. I just, I'm just saying, right? Maybe you're sitting here like, I don't know what my purpose is. I've got good news for you. Jesus died and rose again so you could be in the family of God. And he didn't stop there. He brought you into the kingdom of God and he won heaven for you. And you don't got to wait till death to experience heaven. Got to say that again. You don't have to wait till you die to experience heaven. I believe Jesus prayed this. Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Just like it is in heaven. You can have heaven today. You just got to find your purpose. What's my role in it? What's my anointing? What's my flow? What's my call? I say to that call, yes, God. If you don't know, let me just tell you. If you don't know, all you got to do right here, just remember these words. If you don't know your purpose, you just need to cooperate with God. What do you mean cooperate with God? You hear his voice. The children of God hear the voice of God. You hear his voice. It looks a lot like this. Uh, there's a worship night and you go, man, I really want to go to that, but I kind of don't feel like it. But why do you want to go? Oh, stop right there. Why do you want to go? You're like, oh man, I guess I do want to go. That's God. I promise you it's not the devil. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> He's not the one promoting worship of the most high, right? Come on. Let me give you a scripture real quick. Philippians two thirteen. for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That means this, that God is at work in you and he's working with you and he's asking for your cooperation as he's building your life and he's working in you the will to and the want to the ability to and the desire to do you believe that church? And all you got to say is, yeah, yes, God, I believe it. The Bible says it. If you believe it or not, he's working in you. All you got to say is, yes, God. If you don't know, all you got to do is cooperate with God. 
If you do know, you know, I know my purpose and, and, and what's next. Well, let me just give you the scripture. Second Peter one ten says this. This is for the people in here that you know your purpose. And you're saying, well, yeah, I know my purpose. What's next? Let me encourage you to remind yourself daily of your purpose. Second Peter one ten says this. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. He called you and he chose you. You're a part of his family and you're a part of the army. Sons, soldiers. The, know those both roles. Know those roles. You're a child of God and he's giving you a purpose. It's imperative that you know that he says what he says, make certain be diligent about his calling and choosing you. Why? Why is it so important that I'm disciplined in knowing that God loves me and he's called me to establish his kingdom on the earth? Why? Because for as long as you practice these things, can y'all just read that? What does that say? You will never stumble. I didn't write this. Don't get, come on now, stay with me. Don't, don't let religion creep in on this. Well, we stumble sometimes as long as you practice these things. So what does that look like? I don't know, but I know it's powerful and I believe it. (laughs) My job isn't to keep me from stumbling. My job is just to make certain about his calling and choosing me. And he says, you know what? As long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. God loves me and I'm called according to his purpose. Come on, church. You say, what's next? I know my purpose. Remind, stir that purpose up in your life every single day. Why do I wake up? What's my determination? What's my advantage? Why do I do what I do? Why am I here? What's my role? And then everything you do, be led by the Holy Spirit to accomplish that kingdom purpose. Last thing, and we're going to end with this, church. If you know your purpose, but you've wandered. There's three kinds of people with this message. If you don't know your purpose, I want you to, I want, I want you to know, cooperate with God. He'll lead you. You'll discover it. Get plugged in, church. It's the best way to find your call. The second group of people is people that know your call. You say, what's next? Remind yourself of what your purpose and mission is on this earth. And the third group of people is the people that you know what you're called to do. You've just wandered away from it. Maybe you're afraid, like Samson's mom. Maybe you were scared. Maybe you got nervous. Maybe you just said, I don't don't know. I just don't know if I can do this. Well, it's really simple. I would just say to you, repent. Just repent. And I say it with a smile because repent isn't repent. Repent simply means to, if you were going this way, stop and go the right way. <laughs> Come on. I mean, you can cry if it's, if it's emotional. Be emotional. If, it, if you're like, I'm going to do it, well, then that's fine. But, but bottom line is make a U-turn. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Don't go this way. Go God's way. You say, but I've lost so much time. The very concept of redemption is that he will get you where you should have been had you never missed it. The whole concept of redemption. You don't have to pay the price or it wouldn't be redemption. It would just be working back up to where you're at. Remember, Samson wandered away and at the end he said, God help me. Boom. Accomplished. Well, but he died. Well, yeah, I mean, it it came to that. Come on now. But he did it. The bottom line is he did it. The bottom line is you're here on the earth. It doesn't matter how long you've wandered. If you're alive, you qualify. If, you, if you're alive, you're here for a purpose. If you're on the earth, rise up. Church, we're going to end it like this. Did y'all get something out of this message this morning? Come on. 